We are up to Shkolim Daf Tes Zion, page 16. We are all the way towards the top. We're up to the words Misha Nignaz Ha'orain, which is the third line on Tes Vav Aleph, 16a. We're up to the third line, the very first word. Okay? Misha Nignaz Ha'orain. Yesterday we ended off having a machlokas uh, discussing how many Aronos there actually were. And now we're going to transition and talk about various things that were nignas, that were hidden away with the Aram. Here we go. All right, first word on the third line. Good. All right, let's go. Mishnignaz, Aram, Nignaz, Imait, Sinsenas, Haman, when the Aram was, was put away, it was also hidden together with the Aras, the Tzintzenes Haman. What is the Tzintzenes Haman? So Tzintzenes Haman is the following. When the month started first coming down, HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded um, that there be a jug. It was a commandment to Aaron HaKayin that there be a jug filled with the Omer, which the Bali Musar teach us, they ask, why was it in the beginning of the month that it was hidden, that was put for... You know, eterna, for eternity, for all generations. Why didn't Hakadosh Baruch Hu instruct Moshe to tell Aaron to put away the mun on the last day of the mun falling at the end of forty years? This way, the mun will be a little fresher. Yeah, why all the way in the beginning? So Bali Musar teach us because when the mun started falling, it was a wild thing. People were surprised; it was miraculous. By the end of forty years, it wasn't a miracle anymore. That became the new norm, and therefore Hakadosh Baruch Hu wanted us to bottle up the mun at a time where it was mind-boggling to Klai Yisrael, so that for all dairas, for all generations, people will recognize the, the, the Yad Hashem, the hand of Hashem and everything. Okay, so this jug or this jar that held the man that fell in the beginning was hidden away with the Arnold. Tzluchah Shemen HaMishcha and also the Tzluchah of the Shemen HaMishcha, the, the pitcher that they would that they, that would hold the shemen amishcha, the oil of anointing. This was done for for um, the the amelach and the kahanim gedolim. I'm not sure why I'm having a tough time have words come to my mind uh, so far for this year. Uh, and also the makal of iron, the staff of iron, along with the blossoms and the almonds. When Kairach tried to say that iron is not fit. For the kahuna, and this is an inside job. So we had all the miracles, right? Hakadosh Baruch Hu proved that Aaron is the kind God. He's the chosen one, and his staff blossomed with blossoms and almonds at the same time, which is very not only is it unique that it blossomed, but also usually the almonds only come when the blossoms fall off, right? The fruit only comes later on. Miraculously, it came at the same time. And also the argas, the chest that the plishtim sent to L.A.K. Yisrael. He sent to um, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and they, this is after it was proven that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was correct. First, the Palishtim, when the Yidah went out to battle, the Palishtim took the Arun, eventually they had Harata, they regretted it, and they sent it back with um, gifts for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for the Beis HaMikdash, Mi Gnozai, and who hid these things? Yeshio Gnozai. It was Yeshio. Okay, this he was a king at the end of the first base on Mikdash. Kivon Shirosh Akasov, when he saw that it said, Yelech Hashem Aischa Vesmalkacha, Hashem is going to lead you and your kings, Asher Sakh Malacha, that are appointed over you, El Goy, to a nation, Layadata Tavavizacha, 
that you and your forefathers never knew. So he understood that uh, there's gonna the, the time is coming that everything's gonna be captured. So Ahmad Vigunzai, he went and he put it into Gniza. He didn't want it to fall into the hands of Golis. And this is why it says, He said to all the Kahanim who had understanding, <clears throat> and to all of Israel, who are Kaidesh, who are holy to Hashem, he said, Tenuas Arna Kaidesh Babayas, placed Arna Kaidesh in the house of Shabbanish Tlame bin David, that Shlomo, the son of David, built the first base of Mikdash, Melech Yisrael, Ein Lechamasu Bekasif, and you will no longer have the Aron on your shoulders, right? The Aron is what was carried by the Levim. You'll no longer have the Aron being carried on your shoulders because he, Yeshio, uh, is now putting it away. Omar Lehem. And he said, if the, if the Aaron goes into Golos, let me tell you something. It ain't ever coming back. And therefore, we're going to hide it away now so that it never falls into the hands of Golos. Ella, rather, what are we going to do? Go and serve Hashem, the Etzamai, and his nation, Yisrael. Okay? Once we put it away, you're done with your Avaida of the Aaron, and as we know, the Aaron did, was, uh, did, not even ex- did not exist in the second base Hamikdash. It wasn't taken out of hiding. Okay, very good. So we said that the oil of the Shemana Mishcha that we anointed Malachim and Kehanim with was hidden away. Let's talk about this oil. Pitum Shemana Mishcha. How was the Shemana Mishcha made? You should have. 500 kida and how much is 500 k uh uh how much is uh, 500 of kida this is 1500 monim now a mona literally is a portion okay so that's how much um oil and cinnamon and uh mar had to go into the Shemen HaMishcha. Shemen Zayis Hin. You need a Shemen Zayis Hin, which is Shnei Moser Lug. Hin is 12 Lug. Shabai Shokin as Ikarin. And they would take the Ikarin. Ikarin literally means um, the main part. Over here, the Ikar of something. We're referring to the roots of these types of spices that needed to be combined. Divi Rabbi Meir. This is the words of Rabbi Meir. That he would boil up these roots in water, and then he would put oil on top of them, and once the oil gets all this, all the reach, all the scent, the smell, the, the flavor from these spices, then he would take the oil out, we kind of strain it out. The same way people who make uh, perfume, Right, people make nice smelling things do it. Hadahu Dhsiv Shemen Mishchas Kaidesh. And that's what it means, Shemen Mishchas Kaidesh, that it was the the oil of anointing was made with a um, the same way that perfumes were made. Tani we learned of Yudabarbe Rabbi Eloi, Rabbi Hud, the son Rabbi Eloi said, Shemana Mishcha Shaosam Aishma Midbar, the Shemana Mishcha the Maishabino made. In the Midbar Mice and Nisim, Nasim Tchilabat Saifu was full of miracles. The how it was made was miraculous from beginning to end. Shem Tchilabat Originally, there was 12 Lug. Shemar Shemen Zayasin. As we said before, a hin is 12 Lug. So how much was made initially? 12 Lug. Okay? 
Now we'll say a log is a little less than a liter. Same. Now, if you had olive oil and it was used to, to uh, smear on top of the ikar, on top of the, the roots, you're not going to have sipuk. You're not going to have any sort of uh, completion. Uh, you're not going to have enough for what's needed. And how much more so when you're cooking it, that the fire we know steams things up and uh, and some of the oil goes away. The wood seeps in some of the uh, oil. And the pot should seep in oil. The mishkan and all of the vessels were wiped. It is. It was covered. When all the vessels were anointed with this oil, they were, it was smeared everywhere. They wiped this all over the bodies of the Kahanim, Aaron and his children, all the seven days of Miluim. Yeah, yeah, you ever you use a bottle of shampoo? Yeah, even if you use a little bit, it's gone in a month. Right? Hair was used so much. And guess what? A king initially, when you first appoint a king from a family, you gotta, uh, he also needed to be anointed. It happens to be that if the Melech's son became king, so that he didn't need anointing with oil. My time why It says, When David Melech was appointed, when, when, when David was appointed Melech, when he was a kid, when he was a, when he was a, a young lad, okay, in his 20s, so it says, get up, kizehu, because this is he, zeto meshicha, only he needs meshicha, v'embenai to meshicha, not his son, shlom. always had anointing, okay? Basically, you see from here that the, the, the miracles of the oils of anointing, like never stopped. There's no way this would have been enough. There's no way it could have been enough, right? And this is a common theme we have through many miracles uh, as, as Yidin, right? We know Hanukkah worked like that. You had the story with Elisha and the woman, right? He told her to fill up her jug and, and start selling it, and she became very wealthy because it never got used up. So this oil, Maishabedo made it, and it just, it just kept going. It was the gift that kept on giving. The Kulun Kain Lasid Lavai and... All of the original oil made is still going to be around for us. Le Asid Lovay in the times of Mashiach with the rebuilding of the Beis Hamikdash, Adahu Dixib, Shemen Mishchas Kodesh, this Shemen Zeh, this Shemen Mishchas Kodesh, Yeah, will be Lila Darisech, and for all generations, you see that this Shemen and Mishchah we're going to get back very, very soon. Maybe we'll see it tomorrow. That's Hashem. Maybe we'll see it tomorrow. All right, here we go. Let's go weiter. When you anoint a king, besides the fact that some kings were smeared with oil, and if, they, if, uh, if it was a king, the son of a king, then he wasn't smeared with oil. Okay? Every king was anointed next to a spring. Okay? Why? Because a spring has life. Life. It keeps going. Okay? It's uh, kind of like the first night of Rosh Hashanah. We know Simona Milsahi. Yeah, you, you, you dip the apple in the honey. Why? What's the apple in the honey? How's that going to give you a good year? Simona Milsa, right? You have something active right in front of us, something, something uh, 
physical that allows us to contemplate in this tefillah, in this davening for a good year. So we would, you know, we, we want the king to have an enduring uh, reign. So we brought him to a spring, which is enduring. Shenamar, and we will ride my son Shlomo on a third, on a mule, Asher Li, that is mine, and they take him down to Gichon, and the Navi will anoint him by the springs. You see, that's where a king should be anointed. However, we said, you don't anoint with oil a melech ben melech, unless there's some sort of machlaikas going on. Okay? So if the, um, if there's a dispute about who should be the next king, then you should anoint the melech to make it clear that this person is being established as king. Because if you have a king that passes away and there's three children, each of them are arguing that they're the king, and you don't anoint any of them, you get the butzars. So you get, if there's if it's very clear who you know which who's next in line in the family. You won't anoint. However, if there's a machlekes about it, then you need to anoint so that it becomes clear to everybody. Why was Shloima Itak anointed? Because of Adoniyo. Uh, Adoniyo wanted to stop Shloima. Why? I'm sorry, Yoyash. Because of Asal Yahu. Yoyash. 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 Who was two years older than him, who um, thought that he should be king. Other people thought he should be king. Yehu because of Yairam. Okay, so anytime you have a Shaila, who should be king, we anoint. It, uh, doesn't say go up and anoint him Kizehu, which means uh, Maybe it means that only. Right now we're interpreting the word Zet to mean him and not his children. Ask the Gemara, maybe it means him and nobody else. Maybe it means Davra Melech and no other kings. How do you know it means Davra Melech but not his children? So the Gemara says, first of all, When you have Yahyachas, who Yahyachim was two years older than him, at that point, first of all, didn't Yahyachim already hide the oil? How could you tell me? That he was anointed with this. The Gemara says, "Hada Amra be Nimshach." You see that he was anointed with a different type of oil. We're not dealing with the oil of Maisha Rabenu. Ein Maishchem Hamalachem Elamin Akaren. You, when you pour the oil onto whoever needs the anointing, they would use a keren, a horn. Shoviyeu Nimshchu Min Apach. Shol and Yehu had oil poured on them from a pach, a regular jug. And their, their uh, malchus did not last long. Okay? Um, the uh, difference is that the, a jug could break. A horn is very hard to crack. Okay? So again, this is Simona Milsa. Who were anointed with a Karen, so they have a longer lasting reign. We don't anoint, I'm sorry, 
you don't anoint kings that are also kaihanis. You have a kayan that ends up being anointed king, we're not going to put the shaman hamishcha on him. Okay? Omar Rabbi Yuda Antundraina. Rabbi Yuda, I'm assuming Antundraina is either, I'm assuming it's the city he came from. Al Shem la Yasur Shevet mi Yehuda. The Shevet should not leave Yehuda. Okay? And therefore, if this person is a Kayan and we're appointing him king, it must be he's coming from Levi. He's not coming from Yehuda. And therefore, it's improper to use the Shemin Amishcha on him. Amr of Chia Barada. Rav Chia Barada says, In order to have long days of his kingdom, him and his children, their role in Klal Yisrael is a different type of role. It's not the, it's not the role of being a Malach. Amr of says, Yechanan and were the same person. I, Vahaksev, Abachar, Yechanan, Yechanan was the oldest. Now here's the problem. Here's the question. If Yechanan is Yehoachaz, and the reason why Yehoachaz was anointed is because he had an older brother, so how can Yehoachaz slash Yechanan be the same person? Again, we said Yehoachaz is Yechanan. Yechanan's a Bachar in the family. Yehoachaz, the reason why we anointed him is why? Because he had an older brother. Vaistais must be Yehoachaz and Yehoachaz are two different people. Okay? Gemara says no. Bukhar the Malchus. Maybe it means, it doesn't mean he's Bukhar in the family. Maybe Yehoachaz was the Bukhar the Malchus. He's the first child uh, to become king after Yehoshio. Okay? Amr Yehoachaz Yehoachaz says, Hu Shalom Hu Tzidkiyah. Shalom is Tzidkiyah. But it says, Ashlishi Tzidkiyah or Shalom. The third king was Tzidkiyah. The fourth one was Shalom. So you can't be the same person, third and fourth, says the Gemara. No, third and fourth doesn't mean the same, uh, for, for the same category. Rather, Shlishes Litoldoisa. It means he was third Litoldoisa of the offspring. And Revi'i Lamalchus. But ultimately, he was the fourth in the family to become king. After King Yeshiyahu died, so his three sons took over the kingship in order. Okay, it didn't like go to his son, then his grandson, huh? It went to his oldest son, then his second son, then his third son. All right? Says the Gemara, Tzidkiyo, Shetzidikolov Midasadin. Why was it called Tzidkiyo, Shetzidikolov Midasadin? Shalom, why was it called Shalom? Shem B'yomov, Shalom Malchus Beis David. Because the completion of David HaMelech's reign happened in his time. He was last. His real name at his birth was not Shalom, nor was it Tzidkiyahu Ella. At birth, his name was Matanya. His name was Matanya. And this is what it, this is what it means when it says, And Melech Bavel made king as Matanya, who was Dodo Tachtov. Matanya his uncle in his place, and he changed his name to, to Tzidkiyo. So Nebuchadnezzar, when Yechania was taken out, took one of Yechania's uncles and established him as the king. Who was that uncle who was established as king? That was Matanya. Okay, that's period. 
end of that discussion. Let's go back to talking about the Aroin. Amar Abiyachin Reichin says, "Ba'amah shol shishet zvachem hayar naisa." The amah was made of six. The arm was made with the amah of six zvachim, as we've come across numerous times in Erevin Shabbos. That there's different size amas. There's a five tefach amah. There's a six tefach amah. There's a six and a half tefach. Uh, six and a half tefach amah. And the Torah tells us that the that the Aaron had um, had uh, different had uh, different measurements. The amah that the Torah is referring to by the Aron is referring to an Amma of six Tfachim. How do you know that? Man ton of Amma shall shita shish Tfachim. Who says that? Remeir, he did Tfachim. We don't do the Mishra Meir. Omer of Meir says, Kolo umais hoyu bebeinanus. All the, all the uh, Ammas of the Torah are talking about mid-size Ammas. So Rebuda, Rebuda says, Amas habinyan shisha, the amma of a binyan. When you're building something, the Torah gives a, the size of an amma for a building. That's always going to be a six tefach. It's always going to be a six tefach amma. Okay. Shalkelim, when it talks about the size of the amas for vessels, hamisha. It's five tefach amas. Adaytei the Rav Meir, and according to Rav Meir, do Omar ba amma shol shisha tefachim. Who's going to say that we're dealing with the amma of shisha tefachim hoya aron oisoy? So here's the problem. The Aron was what? Was it a vessel or was it a binyan? It was a vessel. Yet, Rameir says, all Amis in the Torah, when it comes to building, you should know our six Tvachim Amis. When it comes to vessels, it's five Tvachim Amis. But the Aron was six Tvachim. Arach is the Chamisha Tvachim. So the length of the arm was 15 tvachim. The siv amasayim vachetzi arke is two and a half amas. Am so ashisa. That amma of two and a half amas is talking about six. Why? Has to be, right? Because we say the amma, the, the arm was 15 tvachim long and it was two and a half amas. How big is each amma? Six tvachim. Six, six, that's one, two, and a half is three. Six plus six plus three is 15. Amsa Ashisub, Amsa Ashisub, Pagus Amsa Palasa. The Arba Luchais Hayubai. And there were four Luchais inside the Ark. Shnaim Shleiman, two Luchais. Okay, now remember, Luchos are tablets. There's two sides to the Luchos. So when we say four, we're talking about a tablet. Okay? Like, we know the two Luchos. But each of the luchos had two sides. That's what we're talking about. Shnaim shleimim, shnaim shiburim. Tachzev asher shibartav is samtum ba'arim. This that you broke and you placed it inside the arim. Haluchos hayi kol echad ba'echad arka shishat tvachim. Each of the luchos were six tvachim long. Rach by shisha shleisha three tvachim wide. The same arka shluchos ba'echad shal arim. Nishtayer shalom shleisha tvachim. You're gonna end up with three tvachim. I don't know why I never thought of this before, but I just had a beautiful ha'ara. Maybe somebody could could uh, throw this back on me but it just popped into my mind while we're giving the share now um, there's a lot to say about the luchas avada but I don't know why it never dawned on me that when Moshe Rabbeinu broke the first set of the luchas if we're going to say that the luchas could all be separate there were four luchas right so why didn't Moshe Rabbeinu just break the first lucha the first lucha luach which is the Benadam Lamakum. They sinned against Hashem. Let him break one. 
And then he only needed to get, you only need to replace one. Why do you got now? He's got to go ahead and replace both. You got to go and replace Ben Oven Lechaberei too. You hear? In other words, on Klai Yisrael sin with the Chet Ego, if the two Luke, if you could say the Lucas could be split up like the Gemara is doing right now, so now I got four Lucas, and you break the first side, right? You got to break the second side. Break the first side. You go back and get a new one. New, you, you got your message across. Vice dice. And I just thought of this, so don't take it like it's Emes. Until, I didn't hear it from my Rebbeim. But feel free to throw this back at me and up for discussion, Chavr. But, Vice dice. Ben Adam Lechavera, it doesn't matter without Ben Adam Lamaka. Okay? Like the famous marshal, famous parable. There's two guys in front of Seven Eleven. There's no. It says no loitering. So a cop. There's two guys sitting there doing nothing. Cop walks over to one. He says, "What are you doing?" He says, "Nothing." Looks at the second guy. He says, "What are you doing?" He says, "I'm helping him. I'm helping big, big, big chal, big, uh, big tzaddik, right?" Sometimes we think we're doing something. We're really helping our friend do nothing. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu's not involved, we hear a lot of drushas the other way, right? That, oh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't need our tefillah, Yehuda, Mabetza, Baikert Sarayim Erev, you can't daven if you don't have Vidal Nechavira. There's a lot of taira about the importance of Nechavira connecting with Vidal Nechavira. But here you see the opposite as well. Very interesting. If Maishra Rabbeinu would just break the first side of the Luchais, that is, by definition, breaking the second side. Because now what are you going to have? Just binodim lechavere without Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that's detrimental as well. That's Kanan telling his children to to love each other, you know, because uh, and and also love to steal and hate your masters and all those things. Okay, interesting zach, but okay. So there were four there were four luchais and each lucha was six, six tefachim long and three tefachim wide. All right, here we go. Let's keep going. Let's turn to the top of Amud Beis. Ten mehem chati tefach lechol kaisel. Take three tfachim. That was on the wall of the Aaron. And you'll still have two tfachim left for to, uh, for the Sefer Torah. The Aaron was nine tfachim wide. Okay, you got it. Am and a half. We're talking about six tefach amos. So it's six tfachim wide. Amsha, Shisa, Pagus, Amsha, Plus, six plus three. Two were full, two were broken. You see, you take a six tefach luach along the width of the iron, right? So there's nine tefachim wide. The luchas were six tefachim, so that took up two thirds of it. Nishtayer shalom shloish tefachim. We have the space of three tefachim. Chazi tefach mikam lekaisel zeh. We had open spot, open spot of a tefach and a half on one side. The chazi tefach mikam lekaisel zeh. Tefachim l'shilut mokav b'sefer Torah munach, which leaves two tefachim in uh, for where they placed the sefer Torah. The sefer Torah obviously was not that large. Rishim malakishem Rishim ben Lakish says. The Amma, the the Aroin is not like Rav Meir says was six Tvachim Amas. Rather, it was five Tvachim Amas. Who is that? Rabbi Yehuda, the Tanina B'Tam. We learned the Mishnah also. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says Amma is Abinyan Shisha. Shela Kelim Chamisha. Vayin Aroin Klio, and the Aroin is a Kelim. Al Daitei the Rabbi Yehuda. 
So according to Rabbi Yehuda, who says that the Aaron was five Tfachim, Amos, so you have Shneim, Osar, Tefachu, Mechza. So now how long was the Aaron? Again, the Aaron is two and a half Amos long. Each Amos is five Tfachim. So I have five Tfachim, that's one Amos, plus five Tfachim, that's two Amos, plus a half, there's another two and a half. So I have twelve and a half Tfachim is the length of the Aaron. So you got five Tfachim, five Tfachim, Pagos Amos, the Treyu Polig, there's the math we just explained outside. There were four luchos, shnayim shleimim, shnayim shiburim. The luchos were six tfachim long. So now you had nine tfachim, and again the aron was twelve and a half tfachim wide. They would put the width of the luchos opposite the length of the aron. So how much do you have? So that's going to total. Um, you're going to have. Uh, 12 tfachim along the 12 and a half tefach length. So you can have a half a tefach of space. Which is only the size of a, the width of a finger on either side. Now, the width of the aron, if you hold that an ama is five tfachim, is going to be seven and a half. Because it's an ama and a half. Each of the luchos were six tvachim long, but two were complete, two were broken. The same, the same back and forth that we had before. Each luchos is six tvachim long. And how much space do we have for them? We only have and they, they were three tvachim wide. And how much space do we have to them? So it's seven and a half tvachim wide. The lucas themselves were six tvachim wide. So they had an extra tvach and a half of space. So It wasn't meant for the Sefer Torah. Rather, you need a little bit of space to stick your hand in if you ever needed to shift around the Sifrei Torah. Beautiful. Okay end of the discussion of what was inside the Aaron. So, so far today, yeah, quick, uh, quick overview, yeah. So far today, we started out and by, by discussing everything that was hidden away with the Aaron. Then we got into the dimensions of the Aaron, and we had a machloikes, I'm sorry, before we got into the dimensions, we spoke about, um, we spoke about the Shemana Mishcha, the oil that was used to anoint the kahanim and the malachim, who was permitted to uh, use the shemen amishcha, who was not permitted. We spoke about the, the reign of the kings and their sons and different names we clarified as well. Until finally we, we got back to the discussion of the Aaron. We discussed what is kept inside the Aaron. And now we're going to get into how the Aron was built. Here we go. Okay, but ultimately everything is coming back around too. Our focus is the the Aron Hakodesh. Kate said also Betzalos Aron. How can Betzalos make the Aron? Rabbi Chanina Omar Rabbi says Shalei Shtevas Aso. The Aron was made of three boxes. Shtaim Shalzov Yachas Shaleitz. Two gold, one wood. No son Shalzov Bishaleitz. The golden box went inside the wooden box. Bishaleitz Bishal Zov. 
and it was uh, the, then the right the eights went into the zav vitipo and he covered it over the chsib vitipi so I say zav tahar mi bayis umi chutz matam odleimar titzapenu that it's got to be covered lahavi svasayel yaina to include the upper lip Rav Shimon ben Lakishaimer teva achas asov vitipo betzal really made one box of wood that was coated the chsib vitipi so I say zav tahar mi bayis umi chutz he coded it. Matam lemer titza penu. Says the Gemara, Amar of Pinchas, lahavi bein neser le neser, to include um, the even the grooves between beams, between boards. Now, a very interesting Dvar Taira that's worthwhile repeating over here. No matter how you learn how the Aran was made, it's interesting to note that the Aran was not made out of solid gold. It was gold, and then wood inside, and then gold. And the Gemara tells us the message is the Aaron, which represents Taira, teaches us that a person, a Torah Jew, person who strives and does their best to follow the ways of the Taira and the Kaddish Baruch Hu and to be built through Torah, to see the beauty of the world through Torah. Um, why do we need to be coated gold inside and outside? The Gemara says to teach us we got to be gold inside and outside. Frecht the Mefarshim. Particularly, you can find different explanations in Dasakanim and Balantaisvis and Rav Hirsch. I want to quote just Rav Hirsch quickly. Shamshin Rafal Hirsch says, I make it solid gold. He says, because in order to be in order for a person, a Yid, to be gold inside and outside, our middle has to be wood, which represents growth. Wood grew. Gold is stagnant. It doesn't change. And therefore, if a person is stagnant, it is impossible to be taichei So the aron that represents a person who's involved in Torah needs to be wood in the center. But, of course, we code it on gold inside and outside because that represents the ultimate goal. In order to get to the goal, again, you can't be taichei unless our middle is constantly growing. Or at least, sometimes we slip, but on the path of growth. All right, here we go. How were the luchais written? Fascinating. There were five on one side, five divris. Five commandments on one luach, another five commandments on another luach. luach all ten were written on both. He says that the Saras and Dibbus were actually written twice on each of the Luchas. Fascinating. Okay? In other words, you could see the Luach. He says all ten were written. But you could see 10 on one side and the same 10, Alpines, um, miraculously, was able to be seen on the other side as well. Which ends up being a total of four. Now it's very interesting, Lafi, the first shot, that it was five and five. When we walk into most Bate Knesios, and Bate Midrashos that have Luchos by the Aram Kodesh, it's going to say the first five on one and the second five on the other. 
what's fascinating according to the first pshat is that if you look inside the Aseris HaDibris, the first five Dibris have hundreds of words. I forgot exactly the number of words that are on the first five Dibris. The second five Dibris are very short. Lies, it's up, lies, right? Well, it's very short. Yeah? Don't covet. And there's a little more to it, granted. However, the, the, if it was five and five, that means that the Beinodom Lechavero commandments, the words, in order for it to be equal, to take up equal space to the first side, the words for the Beinodom Lechavero needed to be much more bold and much more in our faces. The words themselves need to be much larger which I believe it's the Medrash Anchuma points out a very important, a, a very important message, uh, which is that Lamaisa, once we have a Kaddish Baruch Hu in our lives, you know, to add to what we were saying earlier, not to contradict it, that you need a Kaddish Baruch Hu in order to give meaning and depth to our actions. But once we have that, a Kaddish Baruch Hu really wants what's in our face to be the Binodam Lechaver, period. Okay, let's keep talking about the Mukhais. Each of the Dibrais, each of the commandments, it also had the Diktukim and the Isis of the Torah. Okay, everything that's going to be needed in order to explain the Dibris. It was filled in. What does it mean? Like a great sea that there was constant, uh, there was constant learning to be had from this. Let's explain. When he would read this Pasuk, he'd explain. The nephew of Rabbi Yeshua taught me just like an ocean. Between each wave, you have smaller waves. In between each of the Dibras, you have more smaller things to learn out from the Torah. Rabbi Tanchuma says, I had a kasha in front of Rav Pinchas. And I asked as follows, Asya Kareb Yehuda. Asya Kareb Meir. This Pasuk, seems to follow Rabbi Yehuda and not Rabbi Meir. My time with Rabbi Yehuda, that uh, according to, it says you should take the art and place it on the side. What it means is, where was Sefer Torah put? Was it inside the Aaron? No. It was like a little holding station. Yeah, a little, little box connected to the Aaron that the Sefer Torah was put inside. But it wasn't mamish inside the Aaron like Rabbi Meir. So Rabbi Yehuda holds that ultimately the Torah was put outside. And again, what was a little extra space according to him? It was just to shift around the Luchais inside, as opposed to Rabbi Meir, who says that the Sefer Torah was mamish placed inside. Now, the, the issue is, Rabbi Yehuda has a verse backing him up. He's got a Pasuk which seems to state that... It says about the Sefer Torah, it should go on the side. If the Sefer Torah is supposed to go on the side, what's the meaning for Rabbi Meir now? What's his reasoning for his pshat that it went in? It says, my time with Rabbi Meir. 
what is the what is the source or what's the reason for a mayor who holds the sefer Torah was mamish inside the chsiv nasatas hakapiras ala arim omala you should put the kapiras on the arim above va'al ha'arim titein as aedos on the arim you should put the aedos asher etein elachem what is aedos according to the mayor of air says aedos is referring to the chamisha chum sheitayra and therefore I hold the chamisha chum sheitayra should be put inside. Of the Arain. Al Daite the Rabbi Yehuda do Amare Muktam Bukhabatar. So says the Gemara like this. We have a Pasuk backing up Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda is coming with a verse, with a Pasuk. And he's saying, listen, it says Mitzad, Mitzad Aaron, right? It's got to be on the side. Rabbi Meir is coming to argue. Meir says that it says Eidos, and Eidos is referring to the Torah. So what are they going to do? So what's Rabbi Yehuda now going to do? With Rav Meir's pasuk says Gemara Al Daite the Rav Yehuda do Amar in Mukdam Bocha B'Tayr says Rav Yehuda according to according to my opinion we're going to come out that the Torah is not necessarily in chronological order rather rather here's how you explain the pesukim the pesukim should be explained as follows the El Ha'arayin Titain Es Ha'Edos and in the Aaron, you should put the Eidos, that I'm going to give you. And then it says, Then it says you should put the, the cover on top of the Kapiras above. Okay? So you see from here that uh, since the Psukim are written out of order, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be as follows. The Aroin was only covered once the Luchais were put inside. Okay? So, what w- you, how did it work? They put the cover on and then the, and then the Luchais? No. Avadanish. First they put the Luchais in and then it went on top. And therefore you're going to have to say, in Muktam Umba in order to say, um, in order to. to uh, uh, in order for Rabbi, that's the lim. I'm sorry, I'm stammering a bit. That is going to be the limud of these psukim for Rabbi Yehuda. Says Rabbi Yehuda, it's not coming to teach me that the sefer Torah goes inside. Rather, it's telling me that the luchos themselves had to be inside of the aron. But it's not referring to an additional sefer Torah. Okay, period. Last piece of Gemara. Often quoted Gemara. The Torah was given white fire, written with black fire. He, Aish. Torah's fire, Muvlelas Aish. And it's mixed with fire. It is chiseled from fire, and it's given with fire. As it says in the Pasuk, from his right hand, look at these words, you see the word, what does mean over here? Lamid Mem Vav, Vos meant Das Says the Tiklin Chadatin, Dos Lomai is the word Talmud. It's the same letters as Talmud. Okay, that the Gemara as well 
the Talmud as well was given over with fire from HaKadosh Baruch Hu directly to Moshe Rabbeinu. Period. End of that discussion of the Gemara. Let's just quickly start this Mishnah and we'll pick up again for this Mishnah tomorrow. But this Mishnah is going to talk about the bowings inside the Beis HaMikdash. Where were all these bowings done? Arba B'Tzafin, four were done in the northern side of the, of the, the, of the Chatzar, the courtyard of Arba B'Darim, four on the south side of the Chatzar, Shalash B'Mizrach, three in the east, Ushtayim B'Marav, two in the west, Kenegad Shloisha Esar Sha'arim, and this was Kenegad, the 13 Sha'arim, the 13 gates that were to the courtyard. So by each of the gates, that's where we had a bowing, and Be'ezas Hashem, tomorrow we will pick up with discussing the names of each gates. We will also, again, Emir Hashem, restart the Mishnah, and we'll hold it here for today. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.